we're Dayton's right choice. Catch our show when we break new talent. We keep it all things music. We keep it all things hip-hop. All the time. Well, if you don't like my show, don't curse your radio. You know that no one likes my company anyway. But if you listen closely and talk intelligently, then maybe you can be a disappointment. You're live in studio today, again, on another Wednesday. You are stuck with me, like always, your disappointment for the evening, every which way that you don't want to listen. We are providing you with that said information. Your disappointment for the evening, Brighton Jones. And my guest today is the not-so-disappointing Josh from the radio station. Josh, introduce yourself. Hi, how you doing, man? How, uh, so... Why did I bring you on today, besides you being the only person that would do it? Uh, <laughs> give me give me a little bit about yourself. Why why do you spend your time at the radio station as much as I do, sadly? Why well, are you here so much, <laughs> and why are we always feeling like we're... We're always bumping into, into each sure. other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I um, I do run a show um, every Friday from 1 to 2 called Chance Radio. Awesome. And that has... It just kind of covers all the stuff that goes on at so the college, the organizations, what's going on. Uh, more often than not, my guests like to go off on tangents, so we talk about pretty much anything. But And then uh, as of this evening, uh, I'm now the assistant director for um, Brent. Ooh, uh, so. that's amazing. So are you technically my boss? No, unless you work for... I do. I work for Brent. Uh, well, no, I <laughs> doubt it very much. I think I'm just more of his assistant. That'd be hilarious so, if I yeah. accidentally didn't know you were my boss and just brought you no, on and be like, I, so who are you? Why do I care about you? <laughs> Um, this show, as I've stated before, and I'll state again, and I'll state always, the point is to leave you dazed and confused, not really knowing which way about your day to go from now on, because sadly we left you in a frenzy of what just happened. And to start that topic, we're going to get right into the mix. Did you know that furries are now illegal in Germany publicly? What again? Furries... Okay, yeah, furries. The okay. yiffing community uh-huh. are now illegal to be presented publicly. You can't publicly be a furry anymore in Germany. They I just... find that odd for Germany since they started the sexual revolution not that long ago. Right? So. My, my big thing with it, and here's the joke I took away from it, and we'll, and we'll talk about the logistics of all of it, but <laughs> I guess Germany didn't want its history to be affiliated with people in costumes of dogs. Really? It's history, and, huh? and its history is really rich in, in <laughs> culture, culture of, and acceptance. Mm, I don't know, acceptance and everything yeah. that Germany's predominantly yeah. known for. <laughs> so it's not a big power play to imagine that they would elite, make something illegal on the basis of it just being weird. But really, what do you do? You, let's start with that. Is there anything? That we should worry about in terms of like the furry community. Do you think they possess some kind of hidden danger that we're not aware of that Germany has been so enlightened on? Or right. do you think Germany's just being closed minded, hard headed people? Like, I don't know, they've been to most of the Jewish culture of the world. Well, it's not, it wasn't just them. And I like to point out, they also, you know, attacked different races. Yeah, uh, no, they were not, uh, they don't, they don't have a good track record yeah. for, actually, uh, I, for I, love and peace. A couple of years ago, I found out that the Masons were actually the, uh, the most amount killed. The Freemasons? The Freemasons. But here's why. Okay. That's because that they include all faiths. So all oh. of the Jewish, all, so everybody who was, but they were specifically attacking the Freemasons because it was easy to find all the faiths in it, but. 
That's crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't have even considered like a Freemason to be a danger. Right. Well, it, at the time when they told me it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But if you think about it, I Freemasons mean, are huge. On paper, that actually does make a lot more sense so, when you like spell it out for me. But but to go back to what you're saying about the furry community, I um, well, I don't personally right. understand it. I, I will say that um, they haven't done me any harm. Right, that's, they have their own personal. Name the last time someone stopped you throughout your day and was like, uh, bah, 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 "Furry community." The last time that happened to me was a quad god trying to get me to take a pamphlet that said, "Here's why I personally will save your sin." He also had a T-shirt on that said, "Women belong in, at home." So I'm gonna take his opinions with a grain of cyanide and go on with my day. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that because at its core, what is being a furry? It's just like being gay or straight or anything else so it's just a sexual orientation so the well, fact is it really a sexual orientation or something they do something i would say action i would say probably more of a sexual orientation only because it's defined as a culture of people yeah. attracted to the same thing and in a sense isn't that what all sexualities are well, like a bunch of straight people like each other a bunch of like gay people like each other and so on and so on what's the difference from a, lot, a bunch of people dressing up like dogs and <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, well, well, what the difference would be is is time in it. But here's okay. a question for you. What's the difference between them dressing up like animals and somebody dressing up like a nun or so you Zorro Okay, so it's or, more of a fetish slash yeah, role play to, to me, slash... it's more of a, um, uh, how you enjoy to have. And, and okay, I, I that's a know. completely different side of the coin, but still not in the sense of like negativity and like a different viewpoint. I guess I never viewed it viewed it as a something that you could like express, but not. I mean, I don't see why you couldn't express it. I mean, if you can express BDSM or you can express right, if you can, if you can, if you can, if if Germany is super into like rope bondage and terrible things like that, surely. It could just bat an eye at people dressing up in dog yeah, costumes, but apparently very, not. They're very open sexually in Europe. Very picky. So I'm, I'm well. I don't want to say picky because I want to say picky because they wouldn't even let a bunch of furries exist in Germany. <laughs> well, okay, okay. I, I I will say this: that many things can be kept behind closed doors. Okay, but when you have a large gathering. Of them and say a... Of those uh, people who do the same thing behind said closed doors. Right. Well, and we're not even talking about that because they, they get together in conventions. Yeah, I know. Like, it's so the, it's pretty openly right, big yeah, in America. And now America. they're out and they're out in um, public spaces. And uh, these are locations generally where children and stuff can be at. Okay. So um, you're... Okay. So it's not more... You think it's more of a protection act against, like, children and being influenced. But my thing is, should we have to... Shield them, I guess, from this, because well, at its core, doesn't everyone get a chance to view everything at least once and figure out if they liked it or not? You know what I mean? Yeah, but you don't generally find that out when you're seven. Yeah, you that's generally true too. decide around thirteen or fourteen. That's true too. It'll it'll come later in life. Builds. It doesn't immediately creep like, up on you. Like there there are things I'm into that I wasn't into a year ago. Isn't that crazy that so. you can be totally torn on something and be within like maybe a year? Yeah. Completely. Can you give me an example of some? Because I have one that All right, is yeah. pretty so revolutionary let's, let's and pretty personal and pretty disappointing. So it, it fits the uh, <laughs> fits okay, the theme so, of the show. So yeah, like um, yeah. I mean, if you asked me a couple years ago if I was into feet in any way, 
okay, this is really funny you bring this up because one of the topics I actually had was foot fetish, yay or nay. Okay, so like on a personal level, it's not like, uh, it's not a fetish, Okay, I would say from my my point, but there are people with that particular fetish. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you asked me a couple years ago, is that something that like, oh, are you... Here's the definitive sentence. A year ago, someone asked you, do you find a foot sexy? You're probably saying no. Now, time goes on, same question, different answer? I mean, so people with nice feet can have sexy feet, I guess. I mean, That's in, what in, I mean. in the same way, you can have sexy hands. Here, here's the way I so. see it now. I don't think you should look at it as all feet. I look at it more as a, um, maybe you're really into that one person. So maybe that one yeah. person's well, feet are just really attractive. attractive on one person. And then when you split up a year later, you look at them and you're like, what? What? what Why did I like to? their feet right. so much? Well, feet, hands, <laughs> neck. But I yeah uh, I kind of get that too because I think you can be slowly here's 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 my argument I think you can be slowly wooed into anything honestly really anything if you just have the right person to introduce you into it now I'm not saying that every straight person could all of a sudden wind up batting for the other team because they had a really good date with someone but and here's the example I give so that no one thinks I'm a terrible human being that's bashing people who like to explore themselves sexual uh, sexually. Uh, I was on a date with a girl once and things were getting intimate, things were getting heated as they do. Right. And I was prompted with a question that I have never been asked before. Mm. And in the heat of the moment, you either just roll with it or you freak out. And I didn't feel like freaking out. So I let her roll with it. And the ending of said story is that I personally now do not mind having a little finger in my butt if it's from a girl. Don't mind it. Couldn't care less. Couldn't mind. Uh, don't don't really care who knows at this point. It's amazing. I will go on record and say it's amazing. And here's okay. why it's amazing. I was in art class, freshman year of high school. A one Cody Happener. I think he's serving the military now, so I doubt he hears this ever. He rolls in wide-eyed and all, as if he had met Jesus Christ himself the day before and was willing to pass along his teachings from beyond. Okay. He comes into this art class with this look on his face, and I'm like, dude, what's up? He's like, I'm not going to lie. I may or may not have had the, and and I quote to Cody Hepner, strongest orgasm of my mortal life so far last night. I got to be honest. I, like, Do you have, you have to have the highest listener base. Me? You have no shot. How are you not beating my numbers? Uh probably because of the topics we're choosing to talk about. Okay. Um, but regardless, he, you know, he he tells me the whole story. He's like, you know, everything's going like right as rain, normal as always. And at the very end, he finally convinces his girlfriend, obviously, to like slip right. slip the pinky in the duster and to his face of like pure excitement, enjoyment, like as if you were describing your favorite band to someone again. Like, it was hilarious to see the pure, raw emotion from this story. So this whole time, I'm like, it's gotta be amazing. No dude's gonna openly talk about this and preach so hard about it if it wasn't amazing. So eventually, obviously years later, now in college, finally having that experience, I gotta say, he was pretty spot on. I did not know dudes had G-spots, but that night, we definitely at least found mine. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that such a great <laughs> thought to keep for the day? That I don't uh Brighton found his G spot. Well, I'm glad that 
he managed to find his um, personal likes and dislikes, <laughs> uh, especially that early. I guess. Yeah, I um, honestly, in a piece of me, is a little jealous that he was just that ahead of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because some people probably looked at him as a crazy person. Now I'm looking at him like a saint. Like he had some gifted knowledge from beyond that he knew that only he was he was like the crazy guy at the end of the street preaching the end of the world, and then the next week the the world really does end. You're like, oh god, we should have listened to Cody in the in with the pinky and things. But uh, <clears throat> strafing away from that, let's get a little more serious. Do you uh, like old rock, old rock and roll? Yeah. Do you uh, like well, it depends on what, what we're talking 60s, about. 60s, 70s rock and roll. Um, yeah, if we're okay. talking Eagles out of California and stuff like that, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Do you, in turn, listen to anything like, because you have that same skill set of like enjoyment for particular sounds in rock and roll, do you have that same enjoyment for like 90s rock? Because 90s rock? For me, the it, same it, kind it, of enjoyment? No, yeah, I like, enjoy 90s the, music. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, and here's the reason I bring it up. The, the, whole, the whole reason I'm dragging this music topic out is because there is a specific band in the 90s of rock and roll in 2000s that changed the face of rock and roll music forever and that band is named Nirvana. That band you know, made... I, 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 okay, we can talk about Nirvana. We can talk about Nirvana. Uh, that lead singer, Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. famously took his own life. Yes. I am here today to say I have a, a, a guess okay. on what caused that event to happen. Here is my statement. Okay, so before you do that. Yes, before I make a very hard he, statement that everyone will then hate right. me for. Do you believe that he did, in fact, commit suicide himself? Yes. Okay, go on. 100%. Okay. And here's why. Kurt Cobain, lead singer of Nirvana, yes. most famously all the time quoted during interviews for how much he poured his heart and soul into that album, the very famous album that got them all famous with the kid underwater, and how of all the time, effort, and sweat, and blood he poured into every single song, the one song he didn't even try to write was his most famous. Smells Like Teen Spirit. Everybody yeah. knows that song. Everybody knows the intro. You start hearing it, everyone knows at least how to hum along to it. And he hates that because he said that the day they came into the recording studio to do that song, he was all messed up on pills, alcohol, hungover, you know, wasn't really in the mood to play music. And famously, that song doesn't even have a complete lyric set because he had to make up a word to finish it. I think in the line where he's like, a mosquito. After that, I'm pretty, or it's either that or after the albino line. Um, I he eat makes tacos. It, yeah, right. he makes up, yeah, he just makes up like a, an amino. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone sings it different. Yeah. And there's a piece of me that loves that because that makes us love that song a little bit more. But Famously, he hated that song so much. He said that every time he would walk on stage for concerts, before he even starts playing the first song of the set, play Smells Like Teen Spirit, people, that's all they care about. And I think that broke him eventually as a person to, you know, throw your life, your work into this whole album and everyone only focus on the one song you really didn't care about. I think that would tear him up enough to eventually cause... And I know that's a big statement to say, but honestly, no, it's not. It's, it's, I think "Smells Like Teen Spirit" eventually drove Kurt Cobain to take his own life. I mean, th- there's a um, concept in psychology called displacement. Okay. Uh, and it's famously used in the way that if I'm super mad at you, but I'm threatened by you, that I don't do anything to you, and then I go to the next person who I don't find threatening, and I convey my feelings there. So it's called displacement. Okay. So if you spend all of your time 
working on one specific thing and all your effort and then once that effort's out and the you know like for his example his his album he threw his heart and soul into and then afterwards once it was out that was pretty much it and he was yeah well so he had to find an outlet for it now i i i I will say that um depression is is there all the time yeah okay so anything can spur off to the moment of wanting to have suicidal thoughts and who's, who's to say they didn't have them prior to it and on top of all that, too, he was having a lot of problems with his girlfriend at the time. Yeah, and I knew that was also a and huge I'll, factor. And yeah. there's a lot and of conspiracies you, to say that, like... worse than a broken heart. Yeah, and I agree with that, too. There's a lot of conspiracy, actually, to say that, like, maybe she killed him. Yeah, I heard that, too. I, I don't... I don't know if I believe that, honestly. I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, if I'm looking at it realistically, what could drive a man crazy? Yes, a woman is always a really funny answer to that. But honestly... Knowing that your whole life's work into an album is being ignored because everyone only cares about one song off of that album could be enough to drive a dude to kill himself, honestly. I mean, that being said, uh, I will follow that up with if I ever came out with a hit song and everybody centered on that one song and not the rest of the album, mm-hmm. I'd be just as happy rolling in the money. And I think it's just a, a perception yeah, thing. Yeah, he was an artist. Yeah, I, and, I'm not and a... he ble- I mean, he bled for his music. He loved to come up with these incredible... I mean, like, Jimi Hendrix was known just for all of his riffs of guitar playing without even putting lyrics to them and, you know, isolating just the skill alone to play those little ballads are incredible feats of music. And See, for, now, earlier you said that Nirvana shaped 90s I sa- music. I, I say they shaped 90s music of rock and roll for this exact statement. Nirvana was definitely, like, an upcoming band. It was, like, it was going to be famous, no doubt. People liked them, but... And I hate to say this, his death. Yeah, his his death marked their existence, marked his existence into music and Nirvana's place in rock and roll forever. The band had skill, and I like if you had to, if I had to pick my favorite Nirvana song ever, it'd probably be In Bloom. Not only because Sturgill Simpson then did like a country version cover of it and then got a Grammy for that record, but it's just a it's just a beautiful song. And if you just like, I know a lot of people don't have the time or efforts to do so, but like taking a couple hours out of your day every once a week to just listen to music and like self-explore your own mind and really focus on the lyrics. And honestly, what I'd like to do is almost come up with my own music videos in my head for like the songs that I've probably never seen a music video for, but I've listened to all the time. And just that itself can make you appreciate that music more. Yeah. And I mean, going through all those albums that he said that he like, everyone never listened to because all they could focus on that one song. I I got where he was coming from. I so many of those songs I fell in love with and they may not be, the most important band in rock history because I don't believe that at all, but I believe that they definitely helped shape it. Just how Biggie Smalls, Tupac, and the Wu Tang Clan weren't the only three names in rap history ever, but they, they were definitely, definitely three that helped push it along the right direction. Yeah, it went from hip hop to rap. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, and they, they told a story. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just that's 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 what I love about specific kinds of music. It's just the story behind it. Like you can give me good beats, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, like, there's something about, like, like, okay, one of my favorite records of all time where I believe it's the story, at least, behind the record was Leonard Skinner's City of Fire. Okay. They printed off 200 sets of that record, and then the plane crash happened to where they, most of them died. I think two band members survived that plane crash that are still touring with Leonard Skinner to this day. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's that's the stats. Um, if they're still touring, I'd be impressed. After that plane, I mean, they literally only got 200 records or something like that off the presses, and then the plane crash happened, and they were like, we can't, 
make this album cover. It's literally them with fire everywhere. This is not going to be the good image. So that record, to this day, if you find it in a shop, usually you'll find just them, and it's just black because they just took out the background. And my dad, one of the coolest things he ever did, at least in my eyes, was buy one of those 200 before Plane Wreck albums. And we have it downstairs in my basement. Oh, that's cool. And that's one of like one of the little things I'll hold on to forever just because of the story. The story itself presents so much to the music. And relating it back to Kurt Cobain's death, that story added so much to that album. Maybe he knew that it wasn't going to be the album it needed to be, but the work was there. So potentially a death of a very famous musician could get that album very well known. Yeah. And that's a scary reality, but the best die young. Jimi Hendrix was part of the 27 Club. So was Elvis. So was people like that, I think. And, you know, I hate to say it, but there's almost a guarantee that you will be remembered way better than you potentially will be in your later life of playing music if you can just die at the peak of your skill. Yeah. And to say that that was his peak of his skill is not the statement I'm going to take. But for his known living life, that was because sadly he took his life. And we don't get to see a 45-year-old Kurt Cobain playing, you know, skill of songs he learned throughout his life because he's not here. And we right. have to deal with that accordingly. Just how Tom Petty overdosed. I mean, oh my God, of all musicians to die, I didn't think Tom, I didn't think I was ever going to lose Tom Petty. He was a voice actor for King of the Hill. He played countless albums of songs that I could sing off the top of my head. He helped revitalize Johnny Cash's career after it was kind of in the toilet and there was a chance that no one was really going to remember him. And then he ended up helping save his life forever. So like, it's just stuff like that. It's like, I don't care about how many sales a records get. Yeah. What matters to me is the story behind that record and how they got there. Give me, give me facts about the musician. I don't know why I care, but I do. Give me, like, I could tell you the whole lifeline of Jason Isabel's relationship with his wife, who he used to be in the drive-by truckers and blah, 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 and it doesn't matter. And my thing is, why? Why do I care about these import, unimportant details? Well, I mean, they're important to you because you like history. I don't know if I like history. I think I like music history. Well, that's, I, that's and, something you can study in history. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but, like, my, my whole barrier I can't get past is, like, why do I care? Why do I, why do I care about music facts and blah, 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 when I really should probably be studying how to program in JavaScript for my exam that's coming up? But you know yeah, what I mean? Like, why do we immediately differ to stuff that we're interested in, but we know probably will never help us in terms of knowing that information? Like, I'm sure you probably have a hobby that, like, you spend a lot of time knowing about, but in all reality, will that hobby ever actually help you? There's a good chance no. It because did help me. Did it? I, yeah, I'm a magician. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I used to, I used to make okay money at it. Oh, okay. Do you want to talk about that? Sure, if you want. Yeah. What um being a magician. I actually it's funny that you say that. I my some of my um stand-up jokes that I write all the time. One of my favorite intros that I've ever written that actually got a couple laughs one time, which is saying a lot for me is Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm actually a magician tonight. I'm not a stand-up, and now that I'm on this stage, you'll have to watch me disappear your happiness and stuff like that. And it's just like a, a big shot against musicians. So it's funny, <laughs> or uh, magician. So it's funny that you ended up being one. Yeah, tell me about that. Like, wh wh where did that even start? Uh, well, when I was like seven or eight, David Copperfield was really popular. Okay. And um, 
he was flying around stages, mm-hmm. making the Statue of Liberty disappear. I watched the Statue of Liberty disappear, and I immediately got the concept. I immediately knew how he did it. Really? Because um, without giving it away... I think I know how he did it, too. Really? Okay, let me hear. I think it's a system of, like, mirrors okay. and reflectivity. Okay. No. I don't have the logistics worked out, but that's one of my guesses. No, it's a lot simpler than that. It's a lot simpler than that? Am I overthinking this? Very much. Okay. That's what, that's what fooled the entire... World. World, yeah. The entire world. So he will always go down as the man who made <laughs> Fooled the statue of liberty disappear. Yeah. And that definitively man. is a nice title to hold. Like Houdini was like one of the best stray jacket escape artists and stuff like that. So I can see the appeal that would come from like capturing a title like that. Forever in history being the guy who made what would be a really crazy one. Like if you could make like a NASCAR disappear how about uh making an entire city disappear every night and make it reappear the next night that would be crazy what do you call that uh well that's an actual thing that happened in history really yeah dante was a magician i actually have his dante's devils tattooed on my left arm that's amazing he um he famously uh pretty much started magic as you kind of know it today okay pulling flowers out of thin air he was the first to sort of like be a trickster of that sort um well during world war ii uh, he was hired to um, distract the Nazis from blowing up London. That's crazy. And so his concept in it was building a miniature mock-up of London, light up and everything, setting it several miles outside of London, and lighting it up. Well, every night the from above, there's no depth perception. Yeah. So every night the um, planes would fly over and bomb that's crazy. Right, yeah. So That's really such a genius really little idea. Money. Yeah. I think it's more like magicians' mentalities are what right. separates so them. When I was watching Dave Copperfield do this and I got the concept, I realized how easy it was to mold people's perceptions of perception. what's real right. and, and doable. And, and just simply by listening to him, mm-hmm. he fooled an entire nation. And I, 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 I realized it because I wasn't watching. I I was uh, I wasn't allowed to watch TV. I was hiding behind around the corner. That's crazy. But and by just yeah. listening to it is what gave it away. So I imagine that there was just several, having the audio just having gave the audio you the answer. Okay, that's and an interesting concept. So I imagine concept. there was a large subset of say people with disabilities like blindness that probably who, immediately who like, got it. Wait a minute, right? Okay. Um. So for me, that pretty much sparked it, and uh, I started doing um you know the usual you know look over there and then make yeah. an egg disappear yeah well uh then it was early 90s and the mass magician came on um and before i'd done some performing prior to that but the mass magician came on and gave away all these secrets that i you know for me growing up it was really disappointing to find out how they happened but i was still excited because it it's disappointing but then it's also revolutionary to figure it out because in a sense you can be like wow well he- here's a little secret right okay he belongs to the international brotherhood of magicians okay okay and the um society of american magicians and uh famously houdini was the president of society of american magicians mm-hmm. but uh he was actually a concept uh, another magician that they put out to put out because what they wanted to do was further along magic because for so long, magicians stagnated doing the exact same thing over and over. Yeah, and it over. probably got a little repetitive. Right, so yeah. they wanted new stuff. Well, ever since the Masked Magicians, if you type in Shim Lim into YouTube, if you type in Justin Flom 
Yeah. Uh, Wayne Hoochin, which, by the way, real nice guy, Wayne. Um, uh, Matthew David Stanley. He's a local area magician that kind of spawned from that era, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, there's actually a sticker back here. That's awesome. Um, he's a really good friend of mine, a uh, real nice guy, hilarious. He's a comedian, too. Aren't they always? Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> com- comedy and magic go hand in hand. Okay, I can see where very you're coming much, from that because it's you know, very much of a stage presence, very, very like, can you get the audience on, on, on your side and can you trick them into either laughing well, or being amazed? Better, let's say you mess up a trick. Yeah. It's automatically a joke. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Uh, so then I was in high school and I, I pulled a brawl out of um, my principal's shirt. Wow. Um, uh, which saved it, trust me, because earlier in the show, I had flung a torched rose all the way across the gymnasium, still on fire. That's amazing. Uh, that, mar- that burn mark is still inside that gym on the floor. Um, That's your piece of history, the yeah. kid who burned the gym. Yeah, so lucky, yeah. Well, actually, I, I found this out later, but I, I I actually was very well known in that school for a lot of other stuff, but um, I, I kind of just, I, I realized earlier remember mm-hmm. that you can mold kind of people's conceptions and, and, and stuff so i just played it off like i meant to do it all and then i realized how gullible people were <laughs> that's amazing so then i kind of went from that i went you know to cards got really good at those went to um sleight of hand got really good at that and, uh, and i started teaching people how to cheat at cards and stuff like that and, that's amazing yeah, and that's and, actually like a little job in itself we are going to pick this back up after our break i'm you we will magic talks all right all right you are now listening to WWSU 106.9 FM, Fairborn Dayton, Dayton's right choice for radio. You want to be 20% cooler? Tune in every Wednesday, 12 to 2, for the Cray Rare Talk with me, the Cray Raider herself, DJ Sammy, here at WWSU 106.9 FM or WWSU 106.9.org. Hi, my name is Allie. I'm a nursing major here at Wright State, and you're listening to WWSU 106.9, Dayton's Right Choice. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, after our break. Thanks for hanging on with us. We have been accompanied... By new people. I think our talks of magic and wonder and whimsy have been uh, enticing. You two will probably share Mike because I don't know if Mike 4 is work. Is it is Mike 4 still working? Yeah, he plugged in. Oh, dope. Okay. Um, introduce yourself, boys. Let's get the... Uh, we uh, You know me, the disappointment itself, and you know Josh, of course, who we've been talking about magic and fisting for the last however much time. Stefan, you're here again. Let's let's introduce you. We didn't do a great intro for you on the first show, so this gives us a chance to like get. Who are you? Why do I care about you? <laughs> well, I'm the Mr. Sexy Chocolate in the radio station. Mm-hmm. I would agree mm-hmm. with that. Absolutely, yeah. mm-hmm. that's me. I'm white chocolate. Yep. I'm the chocolate that no one eats in the box, and you throw it that's away, scale. and then yeah, you open it like two weeks chocolate. later, and then it has the spots all over it. And you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> it's probably still all right. And then you take a bite, and then you really regret it. Disappointment, chocolate. That's me, chocolatey. And then my technical boss, I guess. I mean, I'll call you my boss if you want that thick title. But Brent or Daddy, who are, who are you I to the station? Daddy. Let's I call am, him Daddy. That's a good yeah, big poppy <laughs> over here. Uh, I am the director of production and training, and, and uh, you trained me. I did. You caused this to happen. Yeah, I think about that every night before I go to sleep. <laughs> I stay what awake I for long times. That's what you think about that's weird. <laughs> training him. 
That's what you think about no, training? No, not, not, no, I mean, the, what I've, what I've brought here. Or, okay. Yes. This mess I've created. That's amazing. So we were talking about magic, whimsy, sleight of hand, things like that, because to my knowledge that before the today, I didn't know Josh was a magician, let alone knew a bunch what? of crazy, awesome magicians, That's let alone cool. apparently knows how the Statue of Liberty disappeared. I do. Do you want to now, after break, entice us with the details of how he said made such a thing disappear? No, I'll tell you how another thing works if you want. Okay. All right, so if I tell you over and over and over, I'm going to make this microphone disappear. Okay. Okay, and I keep showing you photos of it. I keep showing you videos of me in front of it. And then I go to commercial, and you come back, and I have a curtain right here. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in front of this curtain, and I say, and now it's disappeared. And then the microphone's gone. Did you see the microphone behind it? Did you see me raise it up? No. I mean, yeah. Mm. I guess that's a pretty good... I told you it was there. That's a good little way to look at it, I guess. Yep. Okay. People are really easily... People are easy to fool. And I know yep. that's 100% true because of all the dumb stories I've heard at stand-up clubs of dudes preaching on about stuff I know is a lie and people are still buying it. It drives me crazy. There are the... no true stories in comedy, man. I don't think they're... Re- I, really. I mean, I told a pretty true one about going on dates with uh, my vacuum cleaner getting dusted, but uh, other than that... Wait, do I know this story? I mean, we talked about it earlier, but we can relive it for a sec. Oh, Basically, oh, the end... Awesome. And Yeah, I know. You're looking forward to this. The end, the end assumption of the story is that we shouldn't close ourselves sexually because you don't know really what you like. And affirmatively, mm. I have taken the stand finally on radio that... You know what? If it's a girl, I don't mind a pinky in my duster. I don't mind it. <laughs> Feels nice. Didn't know guys had G spots. Oh, but we found mine. So, hey, yeah. dude, more empowerment for you. What do you think about that? Do you think do do you think it's a little feminine to be fingored as a guy, or do you think it's not feminine and you should just roll with it? That is a difficult question to answer. Uh, Stephen, would you let a girl finger you? Nope. <laughs> I mean, nope. Well, what I'm saying is, you like somebody personally might not want that to happen but just because that's your thing i don't know what the correct answer is is to like okay does that make you any less of a man but i mean if you know if you're so here's it what probably at least makes you more comfortable with prostate exams probably probably <laughs> i'm not that, comfortable with those that would be an awkward you're not comfortable with those no my guy makes jokes why are you getting him this young eh, i like to be safe <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good answer. It's just the one I have. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you don't look you, you don't look into details like that. <laughs> True, but I mean, you being out here on air saying that you'll take a pinky in the butt. That's female that's only though. Female only, but that's the definitive still, part of the sentence that still, matters to me. That, I don't want it to be a man's pinky. Well, of course, because that obviously makes it so much better. But that takes you know women that are doing this takes some balls yeah. to say. And now it takes a lot to convince a woman to do this, but. Yes. Eventually, <laughs> oh. you meet someone that is loving enough and understanding to be like, you know what? It's just a pinky. There's enough soap and water to make me forget about this in ten minutes. So, but uh, let's let's uh let's shift gears a little bit. We talked about magic. We talked about hilariously gross things. Uh, we talked about Nirvana for a while, and that was fun. Let's uh let's get into something a little more serious, and we can make fun of it like always. Yeah. Does love die? Everything yes. in this world has a carbon date. Everything has an end point. Everything does not exist forever. In our knowledge, that is not like theoretical math. Does love die? Yeah. Or does it live on after death? Nope. 
Nope. It dies. Just dies. I like that. Yep. I like that hard, cold answer of like, love dies. It does. Like your grandparents. They all eventually leave you. Get used to it. What is love? <laughs> um, I'll prove it to you. Baby, don't hurt me. I was about to, I was like resisting every urge to sing don't the lyrics. Love itself is a emotion that we've made up that we think represents the chemical whatever connections that happen within us when we like see someone we want to mate with, I guess. All right. So when you first meet a girl okay, and your brain's firing off all the chemicals inside of it, I know them, but I won't bore you with them. Okay. Um, you get, you get this feeling of euphoria, right? Okay. Several years down the road that euphoria goes away. Okay. Take it from somebody who's been married twice. Okay. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> it doesn't mean it goes away for everybody at the same rate. Okay. But the chemical does dissipate. Do you think you can have a strong enough yes, okay, euphoric let me, yeah, feeling? Let me, let me finish what I'm saying. Okay. When you get to the point where you start to lose that chemical, okay. it's literally a daily decision. When you go, I mean, you're say, you're deciding it subconsciously or consciously, mm-hmm. but you're still making the decision. I'm going to continue to love this person for what they do. Okay? Oh, that's a different so way to look at it. So once that chemical's gone, the person passes. You can be in love with the memory of the person. Okay. But love does eventually pass away. And I'll tell you the timestamp on it. Okay. 18 months. 18 months. That is the general wow. average from a person. Dang, gets that's over, way shorter than I thought it was going to well, be. Well, that's the general average when a person generally starts to get over um, a loss of a loved one. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's a different. So 18 okay. months passes. You start to start losing your dreams. You start to, your memories start to dissipate and stuff like that. So love does have a timestamp bi- biologically. Okay. I like that. Now you can sit there for 20 years after a person passes and still be like, oh, I miss her and I love her. Mm-hmm. But that's a daily decision you make. Okay. That's not more of a everlasting feeling. That's a, at some point, you can wake you up another day and just be like, you know what? I don't think I can when love this person was anymore. the last girlfriend you had? You got a girlfriend now? Yeah, not, I mean, technically, we'll just say yes which to, one? to uh, which one, am I right? <laughs> yeah, of all the non-women beating down my door. We'll just assume and say, yes, I have a girlfriend all right, right now. So when was your last girlfriend? My last one was, we were dating for... My sophomore year of high school till my freshman year of college. All right. Freshman year of college, she breaks up with you. Yes. I'm assuming because that's what happens. Yes. So she breaks up with you. You both say, well, it was kind of mutual, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a honey. I know. And you're sitting inside your room pining and your friend comes in. He goes, man, we just got to get you out and get you to the club. Right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, man, I don't feel like it. And he's like, look, it's better to get under it and then over it because that's how you get over it. Right? It's a decision you make to get over it. That is true. Out. I guess if you're if you're not getting over it, it's probably your choice that you're not getting over it. I like that mentality of like love dissipating over years. Yeah, I mean, sadly, you could still love somebody. Do you think that there is a natural occurrence of this euphoric like feeling in terms of like having this connection between two people that can last a lifetime? No. Or do you think it's always inevitably doomed to your fail. Your entire body is a machine that produces chemicals. Yes. Once that, that quits producing that chemical, it's just it's simply your logic that you're deciding to make this decision with. Wow. Dang. So at some point all old people feel no love anymore. Unless they make the decision to continue to do it. Oh, that's heavy. Oh, there you go. It's so very... love is a choice. Love is always a choice. I like that though. After That's a, 18 months, love is a choice. After 18 months, love is definitely a choice. But before that, love is not a choice. Yeah, I mean, a, lo- <laughs> a loss of a loved one can reignite that chemical going as well. So I mean, it, it's it's simply you constantly producing these chemicals. And that being maybe said, look at it like love a fire. Everything sense. or just love with humans, like other individuals. Oh, you mean like other animals? 
Yeah, yeah all animals, other animals, all animals like jobs. Well, not all every animals animal do produce this type of chemical. It yeah. doesn't mean they influence it to relationships because very few species do mate for life or yeah. yeah. But there are, a, I would say, you could probably count them on two hands of like animal species throughout the world that like do in what we like to call fall in love, like date once, marry once in yeah. terms of like animal Idiot kingdom stuff. stuff. Here's um, my question for you. Yes. Since, since we're on the topic of love, do you believe in monogamy? No. Here's what? why. I don't believe that there is one set guideline sexuality wise for any couples forever because you, I believe kind of love dies, but I also don't believe love completely dies. I think love changes and I think needs change. So I don't think it's ludicrous to say that all the people who move down to Florida to become swingers to, you know what I mean? Like it's a very common thing in Florida to like move there, be, get a swing party. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just what you're into at that time. Florida, that place is hot and sticky all the time. <laughs> That's why. It's because it makes the orgies that much better. They're all hot and swampy. sticky and very swamp. Kind of guys like yeah. uh, the, I don't know. You can smell them from down the street. Mm. You know when the potlucks get together because there's the the aroma of old man sweat and casserole <laughs> filling the air. Casserole. Casserole. It doesn't even matter what kind of casserole. You think in swinger parties they bring like potluck lunches? Dude, if and there's not a potluck at a swinger party, it's not a swinger party. <laughs> it's just a bunch of people getting together to touch each other. If so, they if it's a party, they're bringing a potluck dinner. Right, so have any of you guys been to a swinger party? I no. have heard a lot right, about so. them from a friend oh, God. who you? does them every once sure. in a while. You have. He has. Oh, I love this. Please. All right. So I was not able to participate because at the time I did not have a girlfriend or a wife or anything. There's always that guy in the corner. No, no, no. I, I, <laughs> Is he I, the cameraman? I had a friend. I had a friend who, who invited me over just to kind of see what it was about. And then I left. Um, it's not really my jam. Okay. But... um. Mm -hmm. But there was jam. Oh, <laughs> oh there was Lord. a lot of jam stuff. All right. Well, oh, it was Lord. interesting because they were doing a key party. So then everybody I've heard about their this. Key yeah. The key? Oh, and you just take it and right. you go and home then, with that person. Right. That's yeah, crazy to did. me. That's yeah. scary. And there's a female bowl and a male bowl. And, um, okay. So it was an interesting I concept. don't care bowl. Like a lottery. <laughs> but I actually learned a lot. Hold right? on. Because there's a lot of really big rules. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Hold there on. are. Question. So with the key rules, like, so I'm a man. I'm innocent in women. I pick from the... Women bowl. bowl, right? Okay, cool. And you would put, right. I guess, I don't know what you do. But what I do with my keys? What do they just stay there? Hmm? Maybe I'm you give confused. them to the girls' no, reassurance. Like a girl would come over and grab a key. Something Maybe you trade stuff. keys and you well, drive I mean, each other's that's cars what I'm saying. too. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just like one. Like I, like I said, I didn't stay very long, but I, I know that. I think it was the women who pulled the men's keys. That I seems that, okay. That makes sense. That's now. what makes sense to me because yeah. the the yeah. friend okay. I have, um, she said that she went to a key party once and did not participate, but she said that like all of everyone threw their keys in a bowl and they all pulled them out. And she said she pulled out probably the, she's like, I didn't really want to do it, but just for sakes of like seeing who I got, I pulled out a key. And she said it was probably of everyone at the party, the most ugly individual in the room. Did you ever get your key back? She said, I think she said she snatched the key back. <laughs> oh, okay. There I'm was. a little late, and there yeah, it is. That's but like that's, 15 that's a disappointing time. Back to this party, schedule. though. I'm yeah. highly intrigued. Let me, yeah, <laughs> give us some of these rules. Like, what? All right. So, um, one of, like, a really big one is, is that you can, they don't have a problem with their wife sleeping with another man. A woman doesn't have a problem with a man sleeping with another wife. Yeah. But you, they have to be aware of it and approve it. 
All right, so mm. you can't you okay. can't just sleep with somebody, and then they find out about it. To them, that's cheating, and they do divorce and stuff over that. So, mm. but it's okay if they talk about it before, if he approves it or she approves it. Yeah, that's fine. What do and you think? How do you even start a conversation? When does that approval take place though? In the middle of the party? Yeah, like right then and there. Like you pull that key and she's no, like, she gives you a nod. She's like, you're, you're no, good see, dog. They've only invited people that they want to be there anyways. Okay, yeah. They come right, because right. based on who you know. So were you invited in or did and... you show up? No, my friend invited me just to kind of see what it was about. Well, because I was about to say, I was like, so if you were invited, you were like an option for someone that night, I guess. No, 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 yeah. no, no. no. No, I was not an option. You, you were only an option. Potentially you, an option is I mean, what maybe. I mean. I, I've never been an option. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I'm the kind of guy, like, I'm mold, not really a you know? sought like, I sit around to events you're like, okay. I actually have my, um, I'll leave that story out. But yeah, I, I the, the, the party was an interesting concept. I, I like kind of going out and just kind of experiencing what people yeah. are talking about. Yeah. Like, uh, I found out from one of my friends, like, um, he, he was a homosexual and he, like sleeping with women as well. I had a I and, had a gay friend that once told me he was super into like just helping women get off, I guess, but like he yeah, wasn't I mean, getting anything it, from it and he's like I feel like an awesome person morally and I'm like <laughs> that's weird but kind of I get it, I guess. So I you know, for me it was just kind of going out there and just kind of experiencing it not actually participating in it. Almost like a vice journalist. You're just like, wow, this that's is crazy. Too, it's like vice. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I grew up a really sheltered environment so for me to go out and kind of do something like that is really pretty survive the world was to go out and experience the world ex- so. witness some kind of crazy taboo that puts I've it all seen, in reference yeah, I've seen some pretty crazy stuff now so that's awesome yeah what um I have a lot of would you could you ever see yourself <laughs> actually participating in a swingers party at some point in your life um if i was single again completely okay single. so it's more of a you don't want to be married and go to these no Okay. No, I, I am not a swinger in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You don't physically think you could share someone that you are currently engaged to. All right. So there was a time period with a person that I was with um, in order to save the relationship said that we should. And okay. And I said, well, then go ahead and end it. Oh, I'm I'm not a possessive person. But, but you have—that's like, one thing on my end that—that's a—and there's nothing right. to be ashamed right. by that. You don't have to share your wife. Like that's been the mentality for most of time: is you don't share your wife. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, that was a no. That's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, for her, that was something that she wanted to explore. That was wow. you know in order to save the relationship. And I said no. Then don't save it. And you typically a man. You would think a man would be more open to that than a woman. I think it depends. On what she as a person wants, and the statement I'll make and what is what type of relationship it is. Yeah, I would say like if a like, I, and don't quote me on this, but most common sense is that a guy would rather have a three way with two women versus two men if he's straight. You know, you say that, but it's very, very and then you awkward. do it, and then you're like, well, it wasn't even that bad. <laughs> no, it's very very awkward. You just like, okay. you're not actually even a part of it. So what's the point? And this this is not this is not something that like mm-hmm. I come to without knowledge of. Yeah. Like many people. Oh, I've never done been, anything in my life without having prior background like knowledge every of it. You ever hear they're always like, yeah, man, I was with these girls. Oh yeah, what you? Oh, do? it just happened. Well, you know, I pretty much just you know I'm, I watched for a while. It was kind of cool. <laughs> I gave her a ride home. <laughs> so, you know, like that's always the story. Yeah, I uh, I definitely. I'll, I'll entice you all with this disappointing chapter of my life. There was a point um, one time to where I was approached by a 
female couple. And they were trying to see if I would be the third puzzle piece in that game of Twister that probably should never happen. And it ended with us all being in essentially a big group chat of like evaluating each other nude through pictures on Snapchat hilariously. Now, of course, we're all of age and nothing. there's nothing to be scared of or frightened of. But I ended up not doing it. Because, and I hate to say it, just the one was so gross. Is that an okay hmm. answer? Like, Yeah, you have to be attracted to this. I, well, right. My thing is, if you're going to engage with two people at once, they, I think you should be completely attracted to both. I don't think it's enough to be, I, I don't think you can just look at one person the whole time and just that be enough. Mm-hmm. I think if you're really going to really do it and really be intimate with more than one person in, at a time, I think you have to really, like, be on the same wavelength with all the people. You can't like just like keep that oh get by mentality because you're about to try to get by with very awkward sweaty interactions for the next potentially two hours depending how long you've got in you. That's why we have twins in the world. <laughs> what? Okay, let's talk <laughs> about that. For one. Are twins allowed to be in three ways together, or is that incest? It depends on what site you're on. <laughs> depends on what uh, site. Yes. Depends what state. Yes. You're in. I guess. Yeah. How good is the actor? Sweet home Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Are you in Arkansas or not? That's a good, uh, good indication to see if that's a appropriate place to be with your sister. I would think if I had a twin, I would not be down. No. Like in any form or fashion to be in the same, even the same zip code. Really. No. If there was someone exactly like me, I would need them to be on the other side of the globe for the world not to hate in, us both. I don't want to accidentally bump into them at the mall and everybody in the mall freaks out because they think I like broke the matrix. So. Isn't that the I literally that happened to me literally yesterday. I was walking down the hall, I turned the corner here right outside the radio station, and twins, these two big twins. Actually, one of them is always playing ping pong out in the student union, so you may have seen him, but he's got like a big afro. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Cool those twins, you. dude, I saw them, yeah. I almost stopped them. And I know it's so inappropriate to do that, but I almost stopped him was like thank you for existing hey, thank you for your service. i appreciate <laughs> symmetry and, and you awesome two existing oh i know their hair is their hair. on point we're laughing hair. a storm over here this is amazing uh, somebody awesome point them out hair. for me they have awesome hair always down in the student union dude the ones Probably always playing ping pong yeah. at least They're but cool. like when i saw them i know you're not supposed to stop twins just to be like thank you thank but you oh my yourself. god i have thank you for existing and keep on being each other because <laughs> it's just so appeasing to me to see twins like there's nothing oh god like if i could have a twin i don't even know what I'd, i would i would just trade clothes throughout the if day twin, just to confuse people uterus. <laughs> i think i did and that's where yeah. it went <laughs> but uh we we've got about 10 minutes nine minutes at the top of the hour we're gonna talk about something that i was talking about with someone else the other day and i'll um we'll all give our points about it Obviously, no one wants to be born with a birth defect, but in the case of this sentence, we are. If you had to be blind or deaf and you have to pick one, which do you choose to live the rest of your life starting right now as? Uh, that's really tough for me because I am... Uh, wait, are deaf people allowed to drive? Yeah. Okay. Because I don't know. Probably shouldn't. But my, two, <laughs> my two biggest hobbies uh, or interests are cars and music. Okay. And that's like saying, pick one. Because if I yeah. go blind, I can't drive, but I still have music. But then yeah. I kind of can't DJ either. You can't really DJ blind. I disagree completely. You can DJ. You can DJ deaf. Yeah. For the Maybe for, with bass lines. Ooh, yeah, that's but, true. Yeah. But if that's you got like vocals clashing, then how are you really going to be able to EQ mix? Well, like, you luckily can, you're the DJ and you can pick what you're playing. But. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, Especially I, your type. 
because your your type of music is a lot of true. Lot of mine, you know? I guess as far as DJing goes, the biggest pitfall would be uh, uh, EQ mixing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's kind of nobody's gonna know that but us, <laughs> me and Josh. It's funny. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. That'd make music a billion times harder. Or well, it make it make it harder to DJ. Listening would be fine. Um, but then I can't do cars anymore. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm deaf, that's still gonna it's make a, it's a music hard question, a lot right? It's not an easy but one I can to still differ. Drive. Seven, what do you, what would you do? I, I think you're leaning more towards probably sight, Brent. If I had to guess, I'd probably have to. What lose, about you? Lose would you uh, lose your sight? So you want to be blind? I don't want to. No, I'm between the two jobs. <laughs> right. But I mean, I'm like he's wishing and hoping every day that someone's eventually going to come up and stab his eyes out. But until then, nothing so far. I'm like sixty percent leaning towards probably losing sight. Mm-hmm. But now, well, here, here, here's an interesting okay. thing to offer to this. Are we losing this? Right now or at birth? Right now. Right now. I gave you right now, so you had a life of sight and audio to enjoy. Okay. That way, really it, nice you. Thank you. It, yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how hard it is to be able to function. That's my other thing is you have sight. to now adapt. It's right. not that you you don't know how to live blind or you don't know how to live deaf. So starting today, you would have to learn. What is your pick, Stefan? Would you rather be blind or deaf if you had uh, to pick? I uh, I take ASL. Okay. So I've been had like. I guess the privilege of like kind of like learn, learning what it's like to be deaf. Okay. And it's not as bad as one would think. Really? Also, there's advancements that have been made where it can help improve a person's hearing. Cochlear implants mm-hmm. um, usually are given at. That's cheating though. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> if, if, Starting if was, out, you've got only one. Okay, I would choose to uh, lose my, my hearing. Really? Yeah, okay. I would choose to hear my hearing. What about you, Josh? Sight. Hands down. Really? Do you yeah. have Do you have a reasoning for this? I got tons of reasons. I've got a really good reasoning for mine, so I'll I'll, so I'll hear yours. Your sight, you lose your sight, and I want to lose my hearing. That's interesting. What What What's your reasonings for this, Josh? All right. So I imagine being able to love somebody for how they treat you, and not how you. I was them. thinking about that too. Dang, that's that's heavy. Imagine how many opportunities would open up to you as comparison to now. Yeah, I mean that's true too. Because now you have to be attracted to them. You have to. It's part of the first step. Yeah. You see them before you do anything else. That's a pretty good answer. True. Now you lose your sight. My it's my reasonings are so much worse. <laughs> oh Lord. Well, I, I try to take the high road on most things. So but, I like that. I like that. That's a very beautifully yeah, you, period. You should let every woman now think you're just a god of <laughs> of caring about compassion. In your example, that's how people would treat you if they were blind, right? Or if I would treat them if I was blind. You would just okay. I, I mean, I guess if I don't see yeah. you, I don't have any clue what you look like. The only yeah. thing I know I've got is no idea what race you that. are. I have no idea what ethnicity you are. I've got no idea what. And I've, I've got but... one more reason too. Okay, so in on a me. relationship, no. one of the most important things in it is touch. Yeah. When you're blind, you, you rely on your partner by touching. That's them what I thought about. That was one of my long. reasonings. Was so that I think I would constantly touching your partner. Yeah, my uh. So if I had to pick between the two, a hundred percent, I would rather lose my eyes. Here's why. Number one, the two most important things to me in arm's reach are always music and my ding-a-ling. And my ding-a-ling's not falling off anytime soon, and I don't really need to hear to be able to, like, enjoy it. But I do – I don't – I'm sorry. I don't need to see to be able to enjoy it because it's not going anywhere. I'm not going to lose it. Can you see it now? Barely. Under the table? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can you? <laughs> But uh, let but me check. <laughs> right. let me make sure. And Brent has left. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> 
But I, I think I would rather lose my sight just because of how important music is to me. How I've always got earbuds in. I'm always talking about music. I'm always listening to music. Plus, Ray Charles could learn to play the piano blind. Why can't I? You know what I mean? Like, there's still plenty of stuff I like to do that I couldn't. Was it Beethoven or was that? Uh, Ray Charles blind. Beethoven was deaf. I think I he wasn't initially, but he developed. Deafness. Something happened yeah, early, though. If I remember. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Well, everything was early back then. Like, <laughs> you would die at forty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine being forty and that's considered like an old man of that yeah, time? Because you're like, oh, your day's coming, old man. Like I'm twenty, so I'm like, oh, I'm halfway <laughs> Half through. Half your life is done. Right. Yeah, me too. Like yeah, I'm still digging holes. Yeah, middle age of fourteen. Like, <laughs> no. Imagine a car you'd have to buy then. Like, you mean a wagon? You mean yeah. a horse? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what do you mean cars? It was like, they didn't even have steam I mean, 28, engines. that was, you know, you were... Yeah, Probably you married, had some kids by then. At that point, man. Dude, Dude have we two. adapted? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe the world is revolting in time. Because, like, now, so many of my friends who are 20, 19, are getting married, having kids. Ugh. What is happening? Ugh. Why is this happening so much? Are we, like... Trying to rewind the world, There's we're like, hurry maybe divorced. we just get married earlier. The same rules There's will no affect, affect the divorced. climate change, and we won't be doomed. You <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, people are in a hurry to grow up. I, maybe I that's what it is. Wait till they do. I think it's. I think it's a case of you not really knowing what you want, and you're out of fear, just settling. Yeah, man. because you're scared to die alone. When in all reality, give it ten years, and you'll probably in those ten yeah. years at least meet a really good friend worth living for. You know what I mean? I'm saying date around is what I'm saying. Date, 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 date. Date, I think date, there date, should date. be a period there of everyone's time. There is not time. one person for you. Yeah, I've lived my life telling <laughs> you, there's not one person for me. There was there was a lot. I think there is one person and for everyone. I don't think that's a dating thing. I think that you are your own person because at the end of the day, you're the only person you get to talk to forever. Uh, and, you're talking about self love. You don't uh, get enough of that. One love. Uh, actually, in uh, this is the joke I wrote the other day that we will not leave us off on, but we will leave you thinking about. When a comedian decides to play with himself, it is no longer called masturbation. It is called entertaining himself. Bruh. Not really. It's called hoping someone will laugh at your 20 minutes of silence and praying to God that no one hates you after it. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> but, uh, so how old were you when you first... My bad. Oh, no, you're go fine. Ahead, no, go ahead. Go ahead, please. How old were you when you first got married? I was 24, I think. And then your second marriage? I was 28. Yeah. How long did the first one last? Not, Not too long. long. Yeah, I was so about to say. <laughs> we, we, um, we got married. I immediately went to Honduras, um, and she waited a good day before she started sleeping around. So I'll give that <laughs> good to her. Good day. Wow. Uh, she oh, yeah, was yeah, yeah. cold oh, That was one of those military oh, she? deals. She was 18. <laughs> okay. Um, and she was an exotic dancer. Okay. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So I think I, I would not. I, I had hoped to change her into what I wanted her to be, and that's not the right thing because that she is who she is. Right. Have been. Right. So she she ended up getting pregnant with somebody else's kid, and that was the final straw for me. But it took a long time for me to actually get divorced from her because she disappeared. Mm. Wow. So that's what? why it took as long as it did. Where'd you and guys then, meet? Huh? Where'd you guys meet? The, tri- the Bermuda oh, Triangle. Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I was in the service down at Fort Rucker at the time. And I was going to ask, were you in the military? Well, thank you for um, your service. I had just recently gotten over uh, my first girlfriend. Uh, she had left me while I was in Honduras the first time. So I was still kind of hurt from that. And you that's when Honduras. I kind of just sped up. And she was kind of my rebound wife, I suppose. Rebound wife. Hey, yeah. there's got to be Good one. Move. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and the second one, I got married at 28. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate to do this, but we have reached the end of the hour. If you would like to... 
join this craziness again, of course, next Wednesday, 2.30 to 3.30. We hope we didn't scare you away from Right State Radio forever (laughs) this week, I guess. Well, uh, we'll have a good one, and we'll see you next week. Hey, this is Mac Millen. You're listening to WWSU.